it's time for the Tom Sumner Program. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show with music, comedy and special guest interviews every Monday through Friday. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our theme music is Fruit of the Louvre, provided by Flick composer-producer Howard Eddy. Stay tuned, because it's on now. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. The Tom Sumner Program. Have you lost your job and your health care coverage due to COVID-19? You're not alone, and Genesee Health Plan can help. I called, and they provided health care enrollment over the phone with Medicaid, HealthCare.gov, and Genesee Health Plan. They made sure I had access to doctor visits, my prescriptions, and more. Getting health care coverage can be confusing. You don't have to do it alone. Get help with GHP. Call 844-232-7740 or go to GeneseeHealthPlan.org. We're in this together, and together we'll get right through now, it. the COVID-19 vaccine are available to millions of Americans and soon they will be available to everyone. This vaccine means hope. It will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. I want to go back to work and I want to be able to move around. To visit with Michelle's mom, to hug her and see her on her birthday. You know what I'm really looking forward to is going to opening day in Texas Ranger Stadium with a full stadium. We've lost enough people, and we've suffered enough damage. In order to get rid of this pandemic, it's important for our fellow citizens to get vaccinated. I'm getting vaccinated because we want this pandemic to end as soon as possible. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. So roll up your sleeve and do your part. This is our shot. Now it's up to you. Hi, I'm U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow, and I'm listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm Tom Sumner, and uh, I hope you had a great weekend. Um, We've got a great show coming up to get the week started. Uh, Once again, coming up in the third half of our three-hour tour, we're going to talk with songwriter, musician, author, and special investigator Gary Ravel. And uh, Gary has a book uh, called To Live or Maybe Not, and uh, a song that we're going to share during the third half of our three-hour tour called They Slew the Dreamer. And uh, he spent some time investigating uh, the assassination of Martin Luther King, and and we'll talk about that and a lot more about his, uh, his book, which is called To Live or Maybe Not. And um, in the second hour, we're going to talk with um, the authors of a new book called Disrupting Dignity, Rethinking Power and Progress in LGBTQ Lives. They are um, Stephen Engel and Timothy Lyle. They'll join me during the second half of our three-hour tour. But I couldn't, I, I, I just couldn't help uh, programming uh, this this first interview, which I did uh, toward the end of last week, with uh, creative writing teacher, empowerment coach, 
speaker, poet, and uh, author of uh, an award-winning memoir uh, my, called Raw, My Journey from Anxiety to Joy. She has a new book out called Where Do You Hang Your Hammock? And it's not about what you might think, but I couldn't help putting the title up, hoping that some people, however you spent your weekend, got to spend a little time in the in the hammock, maybe for Father's Day, or maybe that's how you celebrated uh, Juneteenth, as it has become a national holiday now. Um, I know I uh, had some family over I'm I'm a fish I got a lot of invitations last week because tomorrow of course in Michigan they're lifting almost all restrictions on mask wearing and distancing and capacity for restaurants and retail establishments and so on um, and I got a lot of invitations from people but I'm really still holding off to see where the vaccination rate is on July 4th. That's when I officially um, sort of come out of the bunker. But uh, and and again, that's depending. You know, I went and got the vaccine, and I think uh, uh, when when others have, when we reach that that herd immunity level. Now I know the governor says that the uh, rates are, uh, of infection are coming down and vaccinations are going up, but when they hit a, a critical mass, and I'm hoping that'll be by July 4th, but, but you know, we'll take a look at it. In the meantime, let's find out where uh, Bella Mejia Carter hangs her hammock next. Hey, welcome back, everybody. This is the Tom Sumner Program. My guest this hour is a creative writing teacher, empowerment coach, speaker, and author of an award-winning memoir and a collection of narrative poems. And uh, she has a new book, and it's uh, called Where Do You Hang Your Hammock? by Bella Mejia Carter. And Bella joins me by phone. Hi, Bella. Welcome to the show. Hi, Tom. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. Um, did I say your name okay? I'm usually kind of terrible with names. You know what? It's a really hard name to say, and most people mispronounce it. The correct pronunciation is Mahaya. Okay. I, I, Thank you for asking, by the way. That's very thoughtful. Well, I, I, I took a shot, and I probably <laughs> should have asked you before we went on the air so I could sound smarter than I am. But, um, but look how sincere you are. I love that. <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I just have to deal with my own limitations. Um, but let me ask this. What does a hammock have to do with writing? <laughs> well, that's a very good question, and a lot of people <laughs> ask it. Good place to start. So about, I'm going to tell you a little story to answer that question. About 10 years ago, I got a wonderful Mother's Day gift from my husband and daughter. It was a hammock. I loved the gift, but I didn't know where to put it. In fact, I thought, well, there is no place to put it. And then we, I realized that there was this old shed on the side of the house, and we didn't, weren't really using it. So we cleared the shed, we demolished it, we cleared the space, and we set up the hammock, and it was the perfect spot for the hammock. I loved it. It was my place to go and relax every in the summertime after working a long day. And then one day I went outside, and I got in my hammock, and something was wrong. 
wasn't exactly sure what it was. And I looked up and I realized that my neighbor had cut the branch to the tree that was providing shade for my hammock. And I was pissed because I thought, yeah. oh, no, what am I going to do? You know, and my husband kept coming up with all these great ideas like, well, we'll get a shade structure. And I would, and I would say, well, no, I don't want to look at a shade structure. I want to look at the sky and the trees. And then he would say, well, we could put a plant in there. And I said, well, you know, it would take forever for the plant to grow. And he had all these great <laughs> ideas, and I kept shooting them down. And finally, my super patient husband just looked at me and said, Bella, you know, I just don't want to hear another word about this hammock. <laughs> and so for two, for two months, I avoided my hammock. I didn't, didn't go there. And then one day at the very end of the summer, I was just exhausted and I was yearning for my hammock. And I went outside and I put on my gardening gloves and I tore down a rotting redwood trellis and I dragged my hammock and I plunked into the hammock. I looked up in the, at the sky and I thought, oh, my goodness, this is beautiful. Why didn't I do this sooner? And the reason that I hadn't done it sooner was because I had this fixed belief in my head that the hammock, it had to go in, in, in this place. There was no other place for it. It was just this rigid belief. I, and just as an aside, I have since moved my hammock many times. I'm constantly moving my hammock, and I've <laughs> discovered that there isn't a bad place in my yard for my hammock. And what this has to do with writing is that when I went about the process of trying to get my memoir published, I encountered obstacles. I, basically, you know, my shade was being cut. It wasn't, it wasn't unfolding the way I thought it, it was supposed to, and it didn't look like the way, the way I thought it was supposed to. And what I learned was that, the, is that, is that my thinking, there was, really, there was nothing wrong with what was going on in, in that pursuit, but the problem was my thinking. The problem was that I had these fixed ideas about what life and work was supposed to look like. And when it wasn't looking like that, I was digging my heels in rather than turning around and saying, well, can I move my hammock? Right. And, and moving your hammock is a metaphor for changing your perspective. And in the book, Where Do You Hang Your Hammock, is... Uh, for writers that are looking for inspiration um, or, or are maybe daunted by the publishing process. Yes, yes. And, you know, it's funny because non-writers, there's a, I mean, yes, it's definitely for writers because it's, it's divided into five parts. The first one is um, dream, then nourish, then write, publish, and promote. So there's a lot of practical information about navigating life as a writer, but there's also a lot of practical information about navigating life, period. Are there more dreamers than writers? Um, I think we're all, I mean, aren't we all dreamers? Well, but then that begs the question, are we all writers? Or, maybe more succinctly, does everyone have a story to tell? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, I love that. I think that everybody does have a story to tell, and I think that anybody who wants to write can and should write. Well, I, I don't like to should all over people, but I do think that people who have the call, the people want to share their stories, I encourage them to do it, and there's so many ways to do it today. The opportunities, I, I think, are greater than they've ever been before for sharing stories. If if too many people become writers, um can they make an audience out of fellow writers? Um, I, that's a really good question. I, I don't know. I mean, let's talk about building an audience. 
The first, I think the first part of that is, is just being connected within yourself as a writer or as somebody who has a story to, to share. So it, I think the first step is just getting quiet, kind of moving, you know, moving out of your own way and connecting with that place inside that is, that is where something greater than us resides. It, it's a, it's a, I don't know what it is, but it's, it's magical and it's energetic. And, it's, and, and we tend to get into our heads a lot, especially people who write, because we have these Im- wild imaginations, and sometimes we actually use them against ourselves, and they prevent us from being able to access that place. So I think once you're accessing that place, from there, like when, when, when you're available and you're listening and you're receiving, that's the first step. And then the next, the step after that is, is how do I share this with others? And, and there are so many ways to share from our hearts with others. I think that we're all hungry for the truth. There's so much, I don't, can I say bullshit on the air? There's so much, there's so much that isn't the truth that is circulating in our world that when people are speaking the truth, we all just sigh with relief. We want that, and I think there'll always be a need for that, and there'll always be an audience for that. When you talk about the uh, the different parts of writing that you have uh, in, in what you're calling a guidebook, basically, um, the title, uh, Where Do You Hang Your Hammock?, well, you well let, me just, let me just jump in. Can I just jump in for a second? Yeah. The subtitle, the subtitle is Finding Peace of Mind While You Write, Publish, and Promote Your Book. And the book is really about that. The book is about finding peace of mind. And part of the way we do that is, is it has to do with how we respond to the things that show up in our lives that may be challenging. And, and you mentioned the five parts, dream, nourish, write, publish, and promote. And... Publish and promote seems like a very different part of the process than dream, nourish, and write. Oh, I love that you're saying this. This is great, Tom, because what, I, what, I'm, what I'm saying in the book is that it doesn't have to be. That, those, that publishing and promoting are also creative processes. But it just depends on, again, it depends on your perspective. It depends on how you approach them and what you think about them. But they can be equally creative and nourishing and dreamy. In the in the process, does this book account for the fact that everybody approaches these five parts differently? Absolutely, absolutely. Really, the book talks about. Um, I mean, I think that what any good teacher does is helps their students uh, understand themselves better. And points them in the direction of their own wisdom. So there's not, it's not like a guidebook in the sense of do it this way. It's not like that at all. In fact, it's just more like, well, this is the landscape of what it means to be human and to be a writer today. Um, how can we face this with beauty and grace? And ourselves, how can we be compassionate with ourselves and and be in a space of not fighting, you know, not be combative with our challenges, but rather embrace them, explore them, and, and get larger and get more, you know, just be freer. How can we be freer? More with creative writing teacher, coach, and author, Bella Mahia Carter. 
straight ahead. Hello out there, everybody. It's me, Tigger. T-I-double-G-R. That spells Tigger. And don't forget to remember to listen to Tom Sumner program on account of because he's so bouncy. <laughs> I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. Our lives have been turned upside down by COVID-19. When a vaccine becomes available, it's critical that all of us get it. What we do as individuals will impact everyone's health, including those who can't get the vaccine. We won't get through this unless everyone takes part. Now is the time to get up to date on all recommended vaccines for both kids and adults. Experts say it's more important than ever for everyone to get their flu vaccine this year. And if you're older, you should get both the flu and pneumonia vaccines, since both illnesses can make COVID-19 even worse. Vaccines are available at a lot of convenient places, so be an example for friends and loved ones and encourage them to get vaccinated too. We all want to reunite, travel, and get back to school and work. But that means we all need to get on board. This is the time to do what's right for each other. Get vaccinated. It's our best shot. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe By from the Blue Hawaiians. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Ananick. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's, uh, it's that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I've got willing to admit that. <laughs> hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview all It's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond. Where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air. Where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums. Where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses. 
and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. This is Congressman Dan Kildee, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. More with creative writing teacher, coach, and author Bella Mahia Carter. Straight ahead. Yeah, in some ways it, it it sounds like what what you're saying is here are some things that can become obstacles. Here's how to either persevere or, or simply not look at them as obstacles. Yes. Yes. In fact, you know, what if what if the obstacles are exactly what you need to go to the next level, to take that leap of faith and to expand? Because, you know, we don't usually expand and grow when things are humming along sweetly in our lives. We tend, to, you know, we tend to... Uh, we, we, we tend, tend to, to go to, to the hammock. <laughs> well, sometimes I think we should go to the hammock. Like sometimes, I don't know about you, but, you know, I'm, I have a problem and I'm just whacking away at it, you know, when maybe really what I need to do is just like let it go and just go relax a little bit. Well, I remember somebody, uh, in, in, I heard an interview with Stephen King, and I, uh, he gave one of the best answers to a question I'd, I'd ever heard. It wasn't one of my interviews, unfortunately. But he, um, he was asked, do you write to the muse or to a schedule? And he said, oh, always to the muse. But fortunately, the muse shows up every morning at night. Oh, <laughs> that's a great answer. I, it really was. I, and and I, I, got, I, I got such a kick out of that because, you know, that's, that's a, something that I'm always curious about when I talk to writers is, you know, if they, if they go off to a, a cabin in the northeast somewhere and, you know, binge write and come out six months later, you know, and 10 pounds lighter uh, with a book, or, you know, if they're very methodical and, and have a, an outline and write so many words every day and, and that sort of thing. And it's different for everybody. Absolutely. I love, I love that. I, I think that's, I think that the key is, for me, you know, I, I think the key has to do with, with just trusting your process, whatever that looks like and whatever feels right. And, you know, sometimes it's really important to have a, a discipline, but at the same time we can get trapped by the rules that we create in our heads without even realizing we're creating rules. Again, like it has to look a certain way. Like I used to think that if I was going to be a writer, I had to be in my office but in chair eight hours a day. And, you know, then I, when I didn't do that, I just I felt like a failure. But that, you know, that was just some weird idea that it was part of just a product of my imagination. I just made that up. I thought that's what it was supposed to look like. But that's actually, not, I mean, it has looked like that. There are times when I'm, when like, this particular book came out very fast over two or three weeks, and I was just, you know, in my office cranking it out for two, you know, three weeks. But, but I was drawing on ten years' worth of material. So, right. Is you know, it... it Go ahead. Is there a significant difference in the process for someone who's writing fiction versus nonfiction? I don't think so. I don't think it matters what you're writing. 
I, I don't really think it matters. I think it really just has more to do with the relationship between the person who's writing and, uh, and, and their work. It's just it's, it's a personal thing, and I don't think the genre makes any difference. I've written fiction. I've written poetry. I've written memoir. I've written self-help. I don't, for me, it doesn't make any difference. Writing is writing. You know, I've talked to some writers who uh, have been wildly successful, you know, multiple in the tens of New York Times bestsellers. And invariably, they will tell me about the five books they wrote first that never got published. Right, right. Is there an important lesson in that for people who are starting out writing and they, they have a book that they think is publishable and they can't seem to get anywhere? Is it time to write the next book? Um, it, it may be time to write the next book, but it also may be time to consider other publishing options as well. It may be time to consider a hybrid press or self-publishing. It just depends on um, whether they, you know, how strongly they have the, a desire to get that book out into the world. There's so many avenues right now for publishing that it, you know, if they can't find an agent, if they can't get a traditional deal, there, there's many other options. Um, you know, there's this great quote. I think it was Martha Beck, the life coach, who said something like, when you're considering taking a risk, um, no risk, what was it? It was something like, um, look to the depth of your desire, not to your chances of success. If your depth of desire is great, it's a risk worth taking. If your depth of desire is not great, then no risk is worth taking. So I would say to people who are in that position, if it's not unfolding the way they want, you know, go ahead and look at alternative publishing options because there are many of them, and my book covers that quite a bit, quite extensively. So that way you, get, you, you actually start. You get yourself out there as an author, and you learn, and you grow, and you build your platform. I mean, at the end of the day, it's really, it's really about having your book in front of readers. And authors today can do that thanks to technology. We can get our books in front of readers without having to go through middlemen. It's an amazing thing. And then, of course, I like to just, I like to just think about the perspective of success as a writer is, is getting the work written and then sharing it. And, and, and as I said, there are many ways to share it. Yeah, then we, yeah, cause then we get to the promote part. And I, I remember, uh, hearing, um, Oh, God, her name just jumped right out of my head. Um, and and she's, uh, oh. Uh, you sound like me. I can't tell you how many times I say that these days. Yeah, I can remember song lyrics from the 1960s, but I don't, yeah. I'm not even sure why I came in this room. Um, <laughs> but, uh, oh, Lily Tomlin. Oh, yes. Said there's a reason they call it show business. Yes. And when you get to the promoting part, and I'm always curious and I always ask writers, especially successful writers, because writing can be a very solitary uh, process, mm -hmm. if they enjoy the promoting part, whether it's well, doing radio interviews or book signings or, you know, whatever, um, do they like the interaction with, uh, with readers? I love this question, and I and there's multiple ways. There's multiple ways I can answer it. So, so give me a shot at a few a few different responses, if you will. Absolutely. Me. It's because it's a great question. Um, I personally love it. I love this part of it. 
it's a very different part of it, and I still have to stay grounded, you know, by writing in my journal and, you know, at least writing in my journal, let's just say that. But what I like about it is I like being in contact with like-minded people. You know, like you invited me on your show because something about what I'm doing resonated with you. So that means it's pretty likely that I'm going to have a nice conversation with you because we're, we're kind of on the same page. Right, right, and that's really and that's really fun. It's, so it's really fun to meet like-minded people. The thing that's really interesting is that is that, and there's actually lots of little <laughs> three things popped into my head about what's interesting. But a lot of authors, again, think that the publicity part is supposed to look a certain way. Like they think, oh, but I'm an introvert, which I am an introvert, and so I can't do it. But when they, when they sort of shift the business model around and they look at it in terms of, oh, I get to talk to people who resonate with what I'm saying about things that are really important to me, then, it be, then promotion becomes something different. Then it becomes about community building and about making friends and, and having conversations about things that create meaning in our lives. I'm always... Um curious about uh, about that part of it because I do talk to a lot of writers who are introverted most seem to have come to grips with that's part of the process but I want what I what my message is I want more than I want more for writers than that I want more for them than oh I have to tolerate this I'm going to bite the bullet I'm not going to do it I want writers instead to say where is the joy here and to look in the direction of where it's joyful and fun for them and to maybe ignore the rest because, you know what, we can't do it all. There's so many different avenues for, for book promotion. And so I just tell the authors that I coach, you know, I try to sort of dig in and say, well, what do you enjoy? What's fun for you? Let's, let's focus on that. And, and what about the, the, um, the creative process? that goes into writing um and and the dreaded writer's block yeah you know it it all comes down to the thinking that's going on inside of our heads a lot of the times we just have no idea what's going on inside of our heads but if a writer isn't writing it's because they have some variation of this kind of thinking who's going to care what i have to say um, I'm not a real writer. I'm not, I don't, you know, who do I think I am? Who, you know, who, who, what makes me think I can write this novel? It, it's that kind of thinking that creates writer's block. And so if, when, in my experience, when people start to become aware of that thinking, what I try to do with them is to help them cultivate a different relationship with that thought. Because the thought is pretty, it, I mean, we can't control the thoughts that come into our heads but we absolutely can control how we respond to them if we're aware that, of what they are. And a lot of times we're not. But when we start to kind of become aware of the thinking, the way to respond to that kind of a thought is, oh, you know, um, I, I hear you and I'm sorry that you feel that way and, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a bummer. But you know what? I'm going to go ahead and do what I want to do anyway. You know, I'm glad you mentioned writing in a journal um, because another question that I like to ask, and it's it's based on a friend of mine who's a songwriter and uh, producer in Nashville, and he writes down 
little bits and pieces of song lyrics or chord progressions, and he calls it his boneyard. Mm, I love that. And so anytime he gets an idea, you know, he, he makes a note of it. Do you think of your journal as a boneyard? Is it something you can go back to and say, you know what, I, I had this idea and I can I, I, I think I can flesh this out now? Absolutely. And I have multiple boneyards. One boneyard that I have is I have, I have this little basket that I carry around with me from one room of the house to the other. And in the basket, I have pens and pencils, and I have, like, sticky tabs, and I have air, AirPods, and then I have, like, a real, like, small, you know, earphones in case the AirPods aren't charged. And I have my Kindle and my phone and a pad of paper. And I carry this with me wherever I, you know, wherever I go in the house because, you know, I could be in the hammock reading, I could be watching television, I could be in my, you know, in my house reading, and I get an idea, and I just, I don't have a great memory, so I just jot it down. And then when I'm writing in my journal, I bring my little pad where I have all my notes, and I just enter it into my journal, and then I flesh those ideas out further in my journal and my journal is absolutely, I know a lot of writers who say, oh, God, I can't keep a journal. That's terrible. I just, I just can't do it. And they think that because they don't do it regularly that they have failed and that they can't do it. I actually had an interview not too long ago, a couple of weeks ago, of a writer, an accomplished writer who's just written a lot of books, and you know, he's kind of in a dry spell right now, and he, he said, oh, I can't write in a journal and I, you know, I didn't say anything, but um, I thought to myself, well, you know, the nice thing about a journal is that you show up there without, you don't have any expectations or any pressure or judgment, so you can just write whatever's on your mind. And generally, you know, after a while, if you just write what's on your mind and you have an interesting mind, which he does, he's, you know, I mean, I, actually, the truth is we all have interesting minds. I don't, I've never met a person who didn't have an interesting mind. But if you just show up and you start writing, and, and if you don't know what to say, you just say, I'm sitting on the blue chair in the living room and my back is a little achy and the sun is, you know, if you're just present and you engage your senses, what do you see, what do you hear, what do you smell, you know, if you just do that, eventually something interesting is going to come out. And it's a valuable process. And if you're doing that, there is, then there is no such thing as writer's block because you're just simply writing whatever you know you're just writing you're, you're writing where you are which is the name of my writing workshop right where you are just you're just being present and you're writing about your experience being present you know it's it's one thing to encourage people inspire people teach people what to do with their creativity but can you teach the creativity itself there's no need to teach the creativity itself because we all have it it's what i teach is i teach people how to get out of their own way how to, you know, and, and usually it's the mind that gets us into trouble just to get out of their own way so that their, free, their creativity is free to flow. But there's nothing to teach. We are all creative. It's just part of the human experience. Yeah, you're right about that, our, our mind being the thing that gets us into trouble. I can't tell you the number of times that I've uttered the phrase, what was I thinking? <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly, exactly. And that is the case across the board whether we're writing, whether we're publishing, whether we're promoting, you know, just in life, you know, we just get, our mind just gets in the way. It's interesting. I, I'm, I'm really enamored with, uh, with the, the five parts that you've identified. 
you know, the initial creativity, dream, nourishing it, you know, sort of fleshing out the idea, writing it, getting it down on paper, then publishing and promoting. And when you look at those things in steps or parts or phases, it seems a lot more manageable, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. In fact, you know, overwhelm can't happen if your mind isn't engaged in future tripping. Overwhelm means that, that you're, you think of all the things you have to do, and, you know, you think of your to-do list, and you think there's no way I can do that. That's overwhelm. But if you just stay present and you handle whatever shows up in the moment, then that the moment is the point of power. It's the point at which we're free to act. But we can't act when we're just when our minds are just trotting, speed trotting into the future and worrying about all the things that we have to do. How many times does uh, you know somebody who is pretty good at telling a story been told, "Oh my God, your stories are great. You should write a book." And then they just kind of laugh it off. Well, it depends on what that, you know, it depends on that particular person. That if the per- Maybe I think what you're trying to ask is, you know, what if the person just doesn't have the confidence or belief in themselves? Is that, is that, is that what well, you're yeah, asking? Well, yeah, because, you know, it's someone has said, I would find it interesting. And, and then the person who's receiving that compliment doesn't, really look at it as a compliment they look at it as this daunting task and and the first question is where would i even begin yeah and i would and that's a good you know that's a reasonable question and i would say for anybody starting in that position whether you you know whether you've written zero books you know you haven't written at all or you've written five books and you're in a slump and you can't get started again i would say reach out for help you know get some support get some accountability get some Get some get some structure around. I, I mostly uh, structure is not the right word, but it, it does. It, I do think of it as structure, but in terms of scaffolding, like I know that I had reached a point ten years ago where I had five partially written books in my file cabinet, and I just couldn't complete any of them. And I reached out and I hired a writing coach, and that made all the difference. It just it provided accountability, it provided structure. Um, and it was really valuable for me. I also, at that same time, reached out to a life coach because I felt like I had all there was, you know, there was all this sort of neurotic part of me that I didn't want to bring into my writing coaching. I wanted that relationship to be a professional writing relationship, and I didn't feel like uh, sharing some of my deeper fears and insecurities with that person. But uh, I did have this writing coach who really helped me with with that stuff. And so the work that I've done is kind of a combination of what I've done over the last 10 years with various, you know, well, I still have the same writing coach 10 years later, um, but I've worked with several people on the life coaching part. And, um, and it's, it's been really valuable because there's, there's things that come up when you're writing that are beyond the scope of what most writing teachers and coaches can work with. But well, I actually have a master's degree in spiritual psychology, and so I'm, I actually love working on those pieces, uh, that stuff that holds people back from doing what they say they want to do with their writing. Well, and, and let me try this again, and, and I'll see if I can do it right this time and, and read the whole title of your book, Where Do You Hang Your Hammock? Finding Peace of Mind While You Write, Publish, and Promote Your Book by Bella Maya Carter. Now, I think I got all that right this time. Beautiful. Um, 
Bella, we're get, we're getting close to the end here, and and I always want to give uh, guests an opportunity where they can find out more about what we've been talking about. Obviously, the book is uh, a great place to start. But do you have a uh, a website where people can learn more about you and your work, past, present, and future? Absolutely. The website is www.bellamahiacarter.com. And um. And and what's next? Well, first of all, when does the uh, when did or does the book uh, officially drop? As they say, it officially dropped last week. Tuesday was my pub day. Thursday was my virtual book launch. Okay. So it's it's available. It's here. It's 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 yeah, it's out and, now as we speak. It's available, and people can buy it wherever books are sold. If your local bookstore doesn't have it, they can order it. You can buy it online. It's available, and it's here. Yay! And what's next for Bella, or is it hammock time? Uh, well, now, it's, now what's, what, what's up right now is these kinds of conversations. I have six interviews this week, and I'm thrilled. Oh, and I, you know, it's just fun to talk to people, and I'm just having conversations about the book and getting the word out. That's what's happening now, and there's, just, there's so much more to come. Well, it's been a real pleasure talking with you, Bella, and uh, keep up the good work. Thank you, Tom. I've really enjoyed being here. Thanks for having me. Take care. Bye-bye. Again, that's uh, Bella Maya. Let me let me get start again and get it right. Bella Mahia Carter, and she is the author of um, a book called Where Do You Hang Your Hammock? Finding Peace of Mind While You Write, Publish, and Promote Your Work, or Your Book. Uh, boy, I'm just uh, tongue-tied today. Um, so we'll, uh, we'll move on. We'll have more of the Tom Sumner program. Maybe, but it's 
The Tom Sumner Program.com. Hi, this is Joe By from the Blue Lions, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development, cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine, and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can, keep wearing masks correctly, and taking precautions until we reach our destination, freedom from COVID-19, and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. Start your weekend early with the Tom Sumner Program every Friday live at 11. We turn the spotlight on the world of arts and entertainment featuring artists from music, TV, and the movies. Catch everything from the rich local talent pool in and around Flint and Genesee County to up-and-coming stars of stage and screen, plus legends from New York and Hollywood. Hi, this is Greg Nagy. Hey, this is Hoppa. Hi, this is Joe By from the Blue Lions. Hi, this is Alexander Zonjic. Hi, this is Mark Farner. This is Maurice Davis. Hi, this is Rochelle Ray. Hi there, folks. This is Sweet Willie T. Hey, this is Steve from the Nashville office. I'm Gwen Pennyman Hemphill. Start your weekend right. Go to 11 Fridays on the Tom Sumner Program. Those hands, no matter whose they are, can spread the germs of many common diseases. That's why I want you to realize how important it is to keep hands clean, to wash them regularly and always before meals with Life Boy, which not only removes dirt, but helps to remove germs. Teach the children this habit. Form it yourself. Always use Life Boy for hands and face as well as the back. America, your children have an amazing superpower. That's right. They can help save lives by simply washing their hands. Just 20 seconds of thorough hand washing after they've coughed or sneezed or been outside can help fight against the dastardly spread of germs. Armed with only soap and water and hands, your superhero can protect you, your family, and everyone out there in America land. Amazing! Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. Imagine a journey down a picturesque river. Imagine your Flint River, 142 miles of recreation, natural beauty, and precious resources. The Flint River is a vital resource that is available for all to use and enjoy. The river and its ecosystem provide unlimited recreational opportunities and natural beauty while supporting wildlife in a vibrant landscape. We all have a responsibility to protect and preserve this precious resource. Learn more at FlintRiver.org. 
or call the Flint River Watershed Coalition at 810-767-6490. The Tom Summer Program.com Hey, this is First Ward City Councilman Eric Mays, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Jump in, and the cotton grows 
welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. Hello, Fada. Here I am at Camp Granada. Camp is very entertaining. And they say we'll have some fun if it stops raining. I went hiking with Joe Spivey. He developed poison ivy. You remember Leonard Skinner. He got ptomaine poisoning last night after dinner. All the counselors hate the waiters And the lake has alligators And the head coach wants no sissies So he reads to us from something called Ulysses Now I don't want this should scare you But my bunkmate has malaria You remember Jeffrey Hardy they're about to organize a searching party. Take me home, oh Madafada, take me home. I hate Granada, don't leave me out in the forest where I might get eaten by a bear. Take me home, I promise I will not make noise or mess the house with other boys oh please don't make me stay i've been here one whole day <laughs> dearest father darling mother how's my precious little brother let me come home if you miss me I would even let Aunt Bertha hug and kiss me. Wait a minute. It stopped hailing. Guys are swimming. Guys are sailing. Playing baseball. Gee, that's better. Modafada, kindly disregard this ladder. This was another Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program.
Program, don't you know? Go on, go on, get out of here. <laughs> 